All right, we are live on LinkedIn. I'm joined by my good friend, the god of Facebook ads for e-commerce himself, Peter Carter. Peter, welcome. Give us a little intro into who you are, what you do, and then we'll get stuck into some questions. Yeah, hi, I'm Peter, based in Manchester in the UK. I've run Facebook ads for about seven years, spent a lot of my own money on there, and I do two things at the moment. One is I help brands, usually who are doing about six figures a month, help them to scale. And another thing I do is I have like a private mastermind where I help brand owners uh, and brands get a grip of the ads themselves in-house. And that's it. Good stuff. And we're both for our stands and desks today. So um, if anyone's got any questions, just post them in the comments and Pete will obviously get around to them. But we're going to run through a few pre-planned questions Starting with the first one, let's go right back to the beginning. So you're newbie to Facebook ads, so you're on your own e-commerce business. Where should you start and what are the keys to success? Yeah, I think it's interesting because I work with a lot of brands. Um, there's one step before this, which is understanding your audience and having a good product market fit. That determines the success of everything forwards. Um, you can have the worst ad strategy or basic ad strategy. If you've got that step done before it, you're set for success. I'm sure you experienced that with email marketing as well, Adam. You know, doing that and then understanding your audience and giving them what they want rather than what you think they want. So that's my first bit of advice after seeing a lot of different brands. The ones who get that right, they're the ones who can scale really quickly and grow profitably or more profitably than the others. So if you're brand new to Facebook ads, I would say, the starting point is to get your foundations right. So foundations to me means um, having a well-optimized site. If you're making sales already, um, the first usually there's a small list of things that we do first and check before running any ads. So your free shipping threshold. Typically, we'd look to make that 20% over your average order value. Yeah. Um, a lot of people get that wrong. They either put it way too high or everybody thinks, right, I'll do free shipping to everybody. You know, everyone wants free shipping. But um, like, case, like cases I've worked in where someone's uh, free shipping, they've started with free shipping and now their threshold's at $120. Um, the average order value's flown up. So that's the first thing we'd look at. Update your announcement banner at the top. A lot of people get this wrong and overcomplicate it. If you've got any offer or a special announcement you need to make sure it fits neatly in the uh, the announcement banner at the top of your um top of your website a solid home page um optimize the pop-up you know yeah. i talk about ads as an ecosystem and i've actually learned this from adam how important it is to have an email pop-up to collect emails because this has a big impact on your ads um what a lot of people do is overcomplicate this they'll say like subscribe and be first to know about this you know when someone's on your site, they care about what's in it for them. So if you're saying subscribe and we'll send you this, it feels like it's all about the brand. So straight up, want 10% off into your email. You know, that's giving them something huge. This has a massive impact on how your ads work and the, the life cycle of ads can um, and the whole ecosystem all really ties into this stuff. So optimize your product page. Something else I see a lot of people get wrong. Um, they'll have an add to cart button, then something like a buy now button or check out with Google Pay. And that thing will be in black and the add to cart button will be in a different color. Yeah. So it looks like the most inviting thing to do is click the buy now button, go through the checkout and you're gone. So we tell people to remove this like buy now button, have an add to cart button in a distinctive color. 
Um, so then you're encouraged to add products to cart, not be led straight by the hand through the checkout. Um, get that done. Uh, that has a big impact on average order value. And yeah, get rid of any unnecessary payment buttons. So we always get that stuff done first. Then you want to make sure you've got a nice host of apps in the um, in your store, things that are going to increase average order value. Um, other things like we use Flexify for the product catalog. I can leave a list of these things um, maybe in the comments of this live after. Uh, and then, you know, the thing with ads is staying organized. If you're brand new and you've not got any sales, you're going to, the first thing you're going to do is run interest targeting. Yeah. And you're going to um, do some really great interest targeting on a cold level to reach cold people. And it's doable. You know, everyone thinks, oh, you know, this is, this is going to be so hard. What about lookalike audiences and warm audiences? We've well, got to start somewhere. So if you're brand new, you're going to start with some really good interest targeting. If you've got customers already and you're exploring Facebook ads for the first time, I kind of work with the low-hanging fruit first. What that means is we can use Clavio. We can send an audience of all your buyers through from Clavio into Facebook. And we kind of work backwards up the funnel. So start with your existing customers. Start showing those guys products. Then we work with hot people, people who are visiting your site, adding products to cart. Then we go with your warm customers. These are people who are engaging on Facebook and Instagram. And then we end up at the cold level. So two scenarios there. If you're totally brand new, I would start with some good, solid interest targeting. I can go more in detail into this if anyone leaves any comments or anything. Um, if you've got data and a bit of a head start, I kind of work backwards. Existing, hot, warm, and then cold people. You've got you know a certain amount of buyers where you can build lookalike audiences, build a host of strong lookalikes. Uh, but I use interest targeting even at a high level as well. Um, one thing you can rely on Facebook to still do well is interest targeting, and using interest targeting expansion. So yep. preparing those things in those two scenarios is where you start because um, some people are new who are making sales organically or whatever, and some are brand new as a startup. So it sounds like a lot of business fundamentals and um, you're obviously focused on the sites as well, like the CRO aspect. Um, with that being said, I assume you don't take people on unless they have these fundamentals in place or you'll tell them to sort those out first. Yeah, it's not a big job, Adam. So the two areas I work in, one is where I manage ads. This is only for a handful of brands. Um, we'll give, we'll tell them, we'll do a quick audit, record them a quick loom and say, um, please can you get your developer to do this stuff there's a lot of stuff that a developer needs to do so they'll do it in that scenario when i help other people inside my program i just give them a cheat sheet of the most common things tell people not to overcomplicate it because like i had one guy join my program and he started saying okay well i'm making a floating add to cart and he kind of went a bit too far so i reined him back in and said look this is the stuff i do when i spend 500 grand a month i don't go crazy um and yeah, two scenarios most common things every time and then it was interesting, I was speaking to a, a CRO expert yesterday, and he only takes clients on when they're doing like 100,000 a month. He said that's when CRO really starts to have a big impact, you know, the yeah. more finer details. Um, so that's yeah. pretty interesting. I, I didn't know kind of at what level you take it one step further than these initial fundamentals, you know. So, uh, yeah, pretty interesting. Small changes always compound, don't they? Like the average odds of value as well. Um, Going to switch to this question from Christy. Hey, what are your thoughts on Facebook ads when you're trying to develop a new audience? Can you run a conversion advert straight away 
or should you run the audience through the Facebook funnels? We already have a LA lookalike audience for one product, but this product is a different vertical. I'll let you yeah, so I would, yeah, sure. So I, I wouldn't use a lookalike audience from something in a different vertical for something in a different vertical to that because the data in it will be specific to the <laughs> the first vertical. Now, when you're trying to develop a new audience, uh, I don't know if you caught the start of the live, but I'd start with some really good interest-based targeting. Do you want to let me know, Christy, a little bit about what the niche is that you're in? And maybe I'd tell you the approach that I would take with the targeting. You know, I focus on e-commerce a lot. And typically, um, I'll target magazines, celebrities in the niche, um, foundations, associations, stuff that only people who are really into the niche should be into. But obviously, if you're in a different space, we can tweak things a bit. So... To take it one step further, if you want to let me know a bit more about your niche, I could give you a couple of examples. Christy um, doesn't have uh, any commerce. So I think she is based in Manchester as well. I just connected with her recently. So I'll let her come back, um, give her a couple of minutes to come back. Is there, any, is there anyone that you aren't connected to on LinkedIn, Adam? No, mate, I'm, I'm the, uh, the local LinkedIn celebrity. Uh, I know. <laughs> so here oh, you go. Great. Home fragrance candles, uh, but launching a bath bomb range, going to take on Lush. Cool. There you go. Adam's just given one example of an interest you could target. You could put Lush in there. If you notice, um, Christy, what kind of what I do, if you're quite new and you're trying to do this, I would, um, I don't know if you how well you know Facebook, but when you're doing your ad set, when you're doing the targeting, you can narrow down targeting together. So you could put Lush in the first bit and it give you this big audience of millions of people, really broad, until your pixel gets smart and learns how to find buyers. Um, it's probably a bit too broad to start. So then you can narrow down, you could say people are into Lush and narrow it down with another brand. And then you could narrow it again with, and say people who are into like um, interior design stuff. So you're trying to build this uh, audience around this person. Um, typically, you know, I'd start with an audience of in this niche, maybe like you can get it nice and lasered at the start if you've not got a lot of data, you know, anything from 300. Actually, if you're doing UK, anything from like 200,000 potential reach. So I'd go after targeting other brands, exactly like Adam said. You did my work for me there, Adam. I was going to have to Google. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd narrow down different brands and then I'd do another, like, narrow at the bottom and say, okay, they, they must be into these brands. Obviously, people who are buying this stuff, you know, maybe it's way a bit more towards homeowners, so maybe 25 and up, and then let the data come in. Um yeah, so definitely don't use a lookalike from an, a different product unless it's something similar. I do use similar. I Sometimes I will use a lookalike audience of people who've bought one product and I'll use it to run ads to a new product, but they have to be similar. Cool. Hopefully that helps. Sounds good. I'm coming for your job with the uh, the interest targeting. Let's talk <laughs> about the, the, the renowned ecosystem, uh, the Facebook yeah. ad ecosystem i know i work with you on a couple of clients and we're big on this we don't want the channels to sort of um talk about them in silos like they're individual it all works together so yeah what's your concept of this facebook ads as an ecosystem what's it look like yeah i actually stole this word from a shopify conference last year shopify <laughs> referred to everything all as an ecosystem i thought this sounds cool i'm going to use this so uh yeah it, it's like the impact of how everything works together excuse me, everyone gets hung up on when they're running Facebook ads. What's my return on ad spend in the dashboard? What is it today? Like, what's my return on ad spend? That's a tiny part of the true impact that Facebook ads have on the growth of your business. 
we actually use a sheet, a basic spreadsheet to track. Um, yeah. We found this to be the best way of tracking. And you can actually see the correlation with your true growth. The more you run ads, that number on the ROAS dashboard in Facebook, obviously it's important to help you base decisions in the account. But the true impact on the growth of a brand, like there's one brand who um, I start to get some really strong results with and we start to really scale them. So then the next phase of the ecosystem was that their email marketing wasn't locked in. When you start spending 100, 200,000 a month on ads, the next element to add in the ecosystem would be really strong email marketing. So we brought Adam in. Next thing you know, he's done his stuff. He's optimized it all. And now we're about to do probably 800,000 this month. So Facebook ads is like the fuel to the fire. But then the, the foundational stuff I mentioned before, um, all your foundations, the apps, the CRO, basic, yeah. keep it basic to start, implementing emails. This stuff all works together. Facebook is what's driving people there, building the list. And then you've got someone like Adam doing the email marketing. Then you maybe bring a CRO person and you have to look at it like that. Everyone will just focus on the strategy inside the ads manager and that ROAS on the dashboard. But yeah. yes, that's important. And you've got nothing really else to base your decisions off in there. But when you can see like what we do is we would use, we look at the ROAS in Facebook to make decisions off. But then we'll also call, um, we, we call this thing a blended ROAS. So what yeah. that means is how much have we spent in Facebook versus total Shopify sales. You can start to see this, um, you know, obviously there's, yeah. a, there's a gap there. There's obviously a higher ROAS against the total sales. But this ecosystem is bringing people in. And when you get millions of reach, you're going to start generating up purchases from all over the place. Also, um, Facebook misses a lot of purchases, right? There's a lot of stuff that it misses. The pixel doesn't load, or I don't know what it is, but it's always been about 70% in my experience. So you kind of this, treating it as an ecosystem and looking at the true growth and tracking your numbers. Definitely. This is more, you know, this is how we treat it and all the other little elements that help, you know. I understand yeah. it's difficult, isn't it, when you're a brand owner, you want to be as granular as possible on where you spend your money. But the reality is this goes back to the um, attribution um challenge doesn't it where you can't look at every channel individually you have to look at things yeah. they interact with each other it's like if you um talking about that client if you turn the ads off tomorrow then the revenue that they get from the flows that we've set up will go down like 70 to 80 percent so it's all about how it interacts harmoniously with each other in the ecosystem that's very interesting <laughs> very no it's really interesting to hear what you've said there you know that scenario of okay well what would happen if we did turn these off yes you don't see that revenue on the dashboard in facebook but then it affects yeah. all these other things really interesting exactly, yeah and that's why i think it's ridiculous you know when people talk about these wars like email v sms email v facebook ads it's so fucking stupid because it doesn't work <laughs> Uh, for, yeah, as an example, you know, if you talk about new customers, you've seen the post-purchase flow that we set up. So one of the things we do for every single brand that we work with is have a very strong upsell uh, or cross-sell immediately after someone makes an order for the first time. So it's this can be spending over $100, get $20 off your order for 48 hours. That'll increase monthly revenue, um, yeah, monthly revenue by about 1% for all brands, but without people coming through the top of the funnel, then you're not going to get that additional revenue. So yeah, you need new customers all the time. Yeah. And I think, you know, stuff like this, like Adam saying that stuff there, some of that goes over my head. I know what he does and I have a high level overview of it. And I know the impact that it has because I've seen the, the numbers absolutely probably added on like a quarter in monthly revenue already um, from Adam services. 
But um, yeah, one thing to note is get good at one thing. Don't start trying to do everything. Like I only know how to run Facebook ads. I don't even know how to navigate Google thing. I don't know much about emails. I was under the impression of all the common pitfalls people run into. It's really interesting to hear, like, you know, those, those scenarios. I, I agree. You've got to have, well, maybe there is some geniuses that know about everything, but I think singular focus <clears> and <throat> in a channel deeply is best. And that's, um, I mean, if I had my own brands again, that's how I would hire people. Let's yeah. go on to um, creatives which work well for Facebook ads. Now, obviously, you know, not everyone has tons of money to invest in like high quality video production and stuff. Um, that being said, I've spoke to you about this in the past, like high quality creatives on a budget. And you've said some of the best yeah. you've seen is someone yeah. whipping out the phone doing like, you know, a little uh, selfie video or something. So, yeah, how can you create high quality creatives for Facebook? What does ads? high quality mean to you, Adam? This is an interesting question. Tell me what high quality okay. means. Well, do you mean high, high, high quality, expensive production, or what do you mean? It's a good question. Well, for me, I only care about the results, but obviously, there is that holistic element where some people um, will not be content to put something up because it doesn't represent well on the brand, which I understand. But let's just say, for the, the sake of simplicity on this, um, what do you think the most effective creatives are on a budget? Like, so say, for example, you don't have tons of money, what can you actually yeah. do that will make it perform well? Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing that performs well, whether you're spending a lot of money or whether you're starting on a budget. What we find to work well, and I've actually got an interesting story to back this up. So I started working with a brand back in uh, 2018. We took them from uh, 17,000 a month, so like 400,000 a month in sales really quickly. The spend went really high. So when you start scaling like that, having fresh creative starts to become part of uh, yeah. necessity, right? Because you start reaching so many people. Um, so they were a new brand at the time. I didn't understand creatives as well as I do now at the time. So they went and paid a lot of money for a professional uh, shoot in a different state in America. Yeah. Uh, like an eye-watering amount for the day. They brought in actresses, all the lights, like uh, professional production. We were really excited to get these ads and they absolutely tanked. And I mean, the ads just tanked. We've never used them since. It was a total waste of money. We tried everything, right? We were sure they'd work. We spent so much and they're produced by a professional crew. So then um, this client sells skincare. So he asked one of the girls who works in the office, can you just whip out your iPhone in selfie mode and do a 14 second video of you using the lipstick? So next yeah. thing you know, we've tested that and scaled it, I think into the millions. So then we realized, and you know, the thing is like people on Facebook, they're not looking to buy stuff. So if you do yeah. this mega high polished production shoot, um, they feel like they're being sold to, right? Yeah. So what we find is, and this is, listen, don't get me wrong, that stuff does still work and we still yeah. do use bits of that. We much prefer organic looking stuff that fits nicely into the newsfeed. Um, so whether you're on a budget or whether you're spending a lot, my recommendation is to pull out a phone, get really good lighting. You can get like ring yeah. lights from Amazon. If you're comfortable on video, like sometimes I work with brand owners, like a bag making company, you sell bag making kits out in America. I got the brand owner to just do a one minute video. Hi, I'm so-and-so, I own this brand. This is our newest bag. Here's how you build, here's how you make it. Check it out on this link. Grainy iPhone thing, she's in a studio or a house, whatever, works fantastically. That cost, yeah. that took three minutes to make. You don't even edit these videos, no fancy stuff. They yeah. just run them. Um, yeah. 
yeah so if you know if you can jump on video great or just shots with your phone big yeah. companies i think like mvmt i was looking at their creatives not long ago you know the watch company i think they're one of the biggest uh biggest companies on shopify absolute garbage the watches i've had one in the past just fall apart oh um, yeah yeah i've had like a, a vincero before as well mate stop working after about two days three, AliExpress <laughs> three quid. um so yeah, yeah. Back, back to i was i very rarely go and have a look at what other brands are doing but i had a look at their creatives and their approach is very much ugc style now there's like a guy yeah. holding the box and you know you can do that effect on an iphone the new the newer ones where you blur the background out and it um you, it focuses on uh, an element in the middle of the screen so if someone had the box like this with his hand out with a watch in it and that yeah. would stop me in the news feed it looks like ugc is a striking image um and yeah you know the, the goal is to stand out in the news feed but not stand out like you're trying to sell something that's the I key so you just became desensitized to like that commercial feel and people seem to resonate more with authenticity yeah you know what's important as well is i sold a lot of t-shirts when i started marketing seven years ago um and it would always just be an image of the t-shirt so they could clearly see the design it's very product specific this so if you're selling t-shirts where it's got like words on it or something the worst thing you yeah. want to do is uh it's like start trying to overproduce a video with the design people need to see that and i find like static images work best with uh with t-shirts so they can see the design i've gone down the route with t-shirts before i went all the way to london right hired these models from around the country this guy came from scotland we did this big shoot out in the forest and everything we just it did all right but then just straight up i just removed the background from uh from an image straight up image even one was taken with an iphone that they're the ones that worked so yeah it's it's product specific but i think those principles um pretty much always apply like i've got a guy in my mastermind who sells artwork of ibiza it's like uh, all the flyers from the nightclubs there and he had this really overproduced video and he shared it in the group and said what does everyone think of this and everyone said we can't work out what you're selling it was this dead exciting thing with all people in nightclubs like stock footage put into it but really they want to see you like you're leveraging the, the design i said mate just try a static image of it so people can see the design and you can leverage the logos of these companies you know that you've got to think like that as well you have to get inside the mind of someone who's not looking to buy something who's scrolling yeah. through facebook quickly you know get someone sprawled across the floor in ocean beach club with them <laughs> something like that, yeah. <laughs> sounds like something that happened to me last year anyway <laughs> Um, a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, the, the pre-selling with Facebook ads. I, I had no idea about this actually until um, I heard you talking about it with um, someone mutual who we work with. How? What is yeah. the pre-selling with Facebook ads? Yeah, this is the thing that's really been the game changer for us. We've only been doing it for about two years. Um, so a lot of people will run an ad on Facebook, which has like a shop now call to action button um yeah. it's very still very along that salesy route you know kind of what i was trying to get away from being salesy with creatives well you need to get away from that with your ads as well i do use like shop now as a call to action and stuff like that and become more pushy when i'm retargeting but really your scale comes from reaching cold people um so what pre-selling means is we tend to run ads on facebook where the copy will be like um discover three three ways this new floor sweeper is uh, uh you know saving people time and money right or something yeah. like that 
learn more. Right? We'll use the learn more call to action. So then it's like you're giving a bit of value. Yeah. Or you can you can try and give tips and value, or you can go down the other route, which is like see five reasons people can't stop talking about this, or yeah. see why this has been voted this in this magazine. Yeah, you're you're peaking curiosity. So then yeah. you nudge them off with like a learn more call to action button, and you go into what's called a pre-sell page. People, um, most people would call it like a landing page. The job of this thing is to leverage if you've been in any noteworthy publications to leverage these like imagine a shopify product page but it's, there's no like uh, it's not doesn't look like a sales page it's more content it's kind of like you're reading a magazine article not a cheesy advertorial you make it very on brand so if you've got noteworthy publications you've been in you leverage those mm -hmm. you want to leverage shots of ugc user generated content that looks normal people with your product different faces um and you know, at the top of this page, you need a really strong headline. Yeah. And then you want to list out. The first thing you do is have a headline image and then list out these reasons. So reason yeah. number one, why is this thing so good? Reason number two, what you're doing is you're, and these reasons, right? You don't just come up with these. You will need to understand your audience to find out what the things they care about are the most. So you're, you're overcoming their objections with this pre-sell page. They're pre-selling the things to themselves. So by the time they end up on the product page, because you have these nice, big, inviting shop now buttons peppered down your pre-sell page, by the time they end up on the product page, their objections have been overcome. They trust you because you've peppered in noteworthy publications or logos or um, user-generated content. That's a great balance to have both sides of that. Um, maybe a how to use like you're, you're overcoming the things they care about the most they've gone from browsing facebook not planning to buy anything it's quite amazing when you think with facebook ads you're getting someone who's not looking to buy something to pull out a credit card or use paypal and trust yeah. you and buy this has been a game changer um we use an app called pagefly in shopify and the format pretty much stays the same strong headline great image three to five reasons why this thing is such a good idea or three to five reasons to get you to overcome your objections then yep. we leverage more stuff and um, what's interesting is a person we both know did um some heat mapping on this yep. and he found that most of the clicks came from um the top of the page where people would read the reasons make their decision click the button and then off on the product page this yep. person also did a very extensive test i think it was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars from sending ads straight to the product page or sent split testing to the pre-sale yeah. page, the product page. Um, the results were that they spent like 34% more revenue in their order when they've been pre-sold. So very interesting. This has a phenomenal impact on uh, results for me. 99% of the time, someone's just come into my program and uh, implemented this they're getting like a 10 times return on ad spend before that they were just going straight to product pages didn't know what they were doing so yes it's uh it's been a game changer are you using video as well on the pre-sale pages basically any type of social proof and testimonials in there or is it text-based yeah i mean what i like to do is keep things fast and get things going you know when you're doing this stuff you can turn it into like a massive project and start putting videos in the stuff i can tell you that uh someone who started working with me a couple of weeks ago He's put a video in his one. Um, I think it's of the brand owner talking about the product. He's just getting 20 times return on him. It's phenomenal what he's doing. Huge product market fit, pre-sell, great ad strategy, all the other ecosystem done. 
I think you'll be quite jealous to hear, Adam, that he generates 71% of his revenue from Clavio and his flows and stuff. It's really impressive. Um, he does own a big agency. That is. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's it's just a game changer. It's it's a bit of old school, like, psychology, I guess you'd call it. You know, I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't go into massive rabbit holes understanding all this stuff. I have a basic understanding of it. And that's it, just keep it simple. But it's more like... It is, isn't it? Yeah, so, so much of marketing and selling and, and advertising is just basic psychology that people try and overcomplicate. Have you ever run any emails to a pre-sell page? Or does it not work like that? No, uh, but but I will tell you something interesting, and I was talking about this yesterday. Um, one of the main friction points when we do campaigns with people is that they don't want to share like anything that doesn't send people directly to a product page because they think it won't make any money. But then we sit, share like a blog article, and make, yeah. so often it just does the same as like to asking someone to sell, um, sending someone directly to a product page. So the just by causing a browsing session and giving them something that's valuable, they'll go and buy anyway. So I know it's it's weird because you just even now hearing that it just doesn't make sense to think. Oh, as if I would need to get them on the product page, it's not though. It, and it's way different. Subscribes and the spam reports as well much lower if you send some, and open rates. Obviously, you lead with content value. It sends the mm. traffic back to the websites. And I mean, of course, I'm not saying there's not a time for selling. There always is, and you can yeah. sell directly with your email because people have subscribed to you and bought from you already but still always nurturing them playing the long game i think it's interesting you mentioned the word blog there because a, a pre-sell page is kind of like a, a glorified blog with a few more elements kind of like a combination between a blog a magazine article and a product page you know um yeah interested good stuff the future of facebook ads what does it look like pete the future. Um, I've run ads for seven years now, and uh, it's a little bit different now than it was when I started. I used to run PPE ads all the time, so they weren't like conversion optimized, where you're trying to generate, where you're trying to use the pixel way more and um, get things to optimize. I mean, the future um, ads are getting a little bit more expensive, but this is why you have to sharpen up the whole ecosystem and know your numbers. So for the future, I mean. I don't know. I mean, it's been it was a shaky Q4 compared to the year before, but I think that was more the macro influence of everything going on in the world. This month's been a brilliant month for a few niches. Um, I don't look into the future too much, you know. I don't like make predictions and prepare. I live kind of in the moment and a little bit in the future. So I very much follow a system and a process to kind of work week by week and, and roll with week by week. I don't try and look into the future too much. Um, there's a few changes with tracking and stuff. I'm not phased yeah. by it one bit. I've made a few things to combat that already. But yeah, I'm not. I'm haven't got a great answer for this because uh, I don't really, I don't really predict things or do anything. I just go with the flow and um, adapt your strategy slightly. Like the biggest shift in my strategy was implementing this pre-sell strategy about two years ago. Um, yeah. You know, for me now, that's that's it. Just works. It's worked across millions and millions of spend, and it's just been a game changer. It's helped me understand what what people are like more. You know, what they need to hear to be pre-sold and take objections away. Mm -hmm. So I guess my future just um, yeah, I, I kind of use like the same strategies and stuff now. You know, I don't go, I, like I've got to where I need to get, and it's more about controlling things. Um, 
future wise. Finds ways to be innovative, basically, just to, to yeah, be innovative and uh, you know focus on understanding your creative and stuff. And um, you know, Facebook's not going anywhere; it's doing billions a year in, in revenue. Um, people panic about this iOS thing. You can make a few changes and crack on, sharpen up your game, and uh, just keep going. It's not going to go anywhere. Curiosity. Let me ask you something. Um, let's say, for example, you know, seventy million Trump supporters or. <clears throat> All these people left Facebook. How do you think that would change the platform? Like, would would the the return be better? Perhaps would there be less competition? Would could you predict anything that might happen? Let's say that you know tens of millions of people start to leave. Would it become more cost efficient to advertise on there again? Are you saying they'd leave? Are you tying this into the fact that the Trump campaign was spending loads on Facebook? Is that no, what I'm into the fact based on there would, there would theoretically be less users. Let's say they abandoned Facebook and WhatsApp. You seem like people are migrating to Telegram and yeah. out. Do you reckon that would change things significantly? Oh, I don't know, Adam. It's a difficult question. I don't really think about things like that. You know, I just try and focus on the results in e-commerce. I haven't got anything interesting to say on that. Maybe it would have an impact. Maybe they'd uh, maybe the cost to reach a thousand people would go down, but. I don't really know, to be honest, on that one. Um, yeah, yeah. Not, not sure, mate. Got to take it day by day. What was this question you were going to bamboozle me with anyway before we end? Oh, no, it wasn't anything, mate. It was just about the creatives. I was getting, when, the, when I saw the question, um, what do you, what, how can you do high-quality creative on a budget? I, you know, I was under the impression that you're referring to high quality as like really well-produced, but oh, actually yeah. high-quality high in Facebook terms is nicely, nice stuff that fits in the news feed. Um, that stands out and doesn't look like a polished advert. You know, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I still do use some of that stuff. If I go in someone's account and it's been working, then you roll with it. Yeah. Um, but typically, we're always swaying towards um, UGC stuff. Actually, a funny story I could tell you quickly is um, when I started selling a lot of T-shirts, I think it was back in 2016, some of the, the niche that some of them were in was US Marines. And uh, I went out to meet the client in New York, stayed in a hotel. And I, well, there wasn't many people doing lots of video ads back then. And I thought, right, I know some people having success with it. I'm going to try and do a few <laughs> video ads. So yeah. I got Rebecca to film me on top of this skyscraper in New York with a US Marines T-shirt on, um, turned around to my back and stuff. And uh, all the comments were, he's not a true Marine. He's covered in tattoos. This can't be right. I was like, shit, don't shut that off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good stuff. Mate, um, go on, it's been a pleasure. How can um I don't see any more comments, so we're gonna wind the clock down now. Um obviously yeah, check people and... watch these after, don't they? Um I watched one of yours after. So if anyone's watching this after we've done it and you want me to share anything that I've mentioned, maybe any apps that I use or the list of stuff we do to check um is not messed up in someone's store, you know, basic stuff like the add to cart button and stuff. Got a couple of lists here. And I can leave these for anyone in the comments. Thanks, Christy, for your questions. Good luck with doing that. And uh, Christy, if you want to ask any more questions in here at any time, feel free. Any thanks, Adam. Yep. Any questions, guys, just post them in the comments and I'm sure Pete will get back. I'll tag him in this post so you can see. Pete, obviously, I suppose if people want to contact you more, just connect with you on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, yeah. I try and share some stuff on LinkedIn. Um, that's the best place I'm hanging out on there. I've learned that LinkedIn's a good place to hang out now and uh, connect with people who are in the space. If anyone's got any questions on Facebook ads, just reach out to me. 
Good if anyone's wondering why I'm red, I've just done a hit workout before this in here. I've got a gym out in my garage. Didn't have time. Um, and yeah, I've just blitzed the hit workout in here. And Adam told me he's going to do the same one today. So I'm going to give him the link after this. I don't train anymore, mate. It's just uh. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Mate, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for your time. Um, I'll chat soon with you. Any questions, guys, post them in the comments. I'm going to end this now. Cheers. See you, everyone.